I've gotten to know Ashes quite well recently. You see, this is the first time in my adult life that I've had a wood-burning fireplace, and it's so much fun. My inner pyromaniac gets to come out and play. But as I burn these wood, this wood in my fireplace, it produces ashes. But all ashes are not the same. There's the delicate ashes that remain after you burn a piece of paper. And then there are the chunks that fall off, not quite burned in the back. But underneath that, there is a mound of gray of those pieces of wood that have been completely consumed. The Bible uses the analogy of ashes to talk about our brokenness, to talk about places where we need God's touch. Each of us has struggled with brokenness, things that have gone haywire in our lives, wrongs done to us, bad choices that we have made, harm we may have caused others. These are the ashes of our lives. As we take time during Lent to consider those ashes, we come to the very core of the mission of Jesus Christ. He offers not only to clean up our ashes, but to change them for beauty. Today, my comments is, is not so much a talk, but an invitation to meditation. So I'm going to be reading through um, Isaiah 61, the first three verses, which is Jesus' mandate for ministry, and applying that as we think about what the ashes are and hearing what he says to us. Let's hear now the word of the Lord. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has set me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of the vengeance of God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Let's pray. Father, these words launch Jesus into ministry. These words speak of our brokenness and need for your grace. These words speak the grace you give. May we hear these things and by your work through your Holy Spirit apply them to our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to look at each one of these ashes, what I consider to be adversities in our lives. And as I talk through these things, think about any of these that you might identify with that speak to the, what's going on in your own heart. The first are the poor, the downtrodden, the disadvantaged, people held back from progress or prosperity because of societal prejudices and systems stacked up against them. 
brokenhearted, those who have been betrayed, who's experienced shattered dreams, whose consciences are wounded by things they have done to themselves and others, the captives, those who have things from which they cannot free themselves, negative patterns of thinking, habit, addictions. Next are the prisoners of darkness, lies believed that affect the way you see life and God. Grief over the losses of loved ones or opportunities missed. And finally, despair for those who no longer see a glimmer of hope. Now that we have something of a handle on what these ashes are, what are we to do with them? I want to give you a personal example. Two weeks ago, I discovered I was a prisoner of darkness. I had believed a lie. It dawned on me one day that I was dreading spending time with God. I hate to admit it as a pastor, but that was true. My practice for years had been to get up in the morning, pour a cup of coffee, go into my study, and spend time with God in his word and prayer. And it was often a thing of real joy. But over the last few months, I found myself diddling around the kitchen, feeding the dogs, doing a couple of chores, catching up on the news, and saying to myself all that time, you need to get in there and be with God. And it didn't, I couldn't always make myself do that. The word dread kept popping up in my mind. I couldn't figure out what did that mean? Why was that word there? When I talked to my spiritual director, he suggested I ask God where the dread came from. So he covered me with prayer while I waited. What came to me was a picture of the thief on the cross next to Jesus. After he had asked Jesus to remember him when Jesus came into his kingdom, Jesus said to him, today you will be in paradise. And here's a man that resisted God all of his life and caused harm to many. And Jesus was saying to him, I cannot wait to welcome you into my paradise. (laughs) Today, today, today you will be with me in paradise. You see, I had fallen into a trap that I had to do a number of spiritual practices in order to please God. Since I wasn't performing to the level that I thought I should, I subconsciously believed God was disappointed in me. So I dreaded going to him because I thought, as I did, he would say, you could do that better, couldn't you? Did I know that that was a lie? Yes. Did I know that? Of course. I truly believe the gospel of grace that we, have, we can do nothing to earn favor with God. But I allowed my performance orientation to bleed into my relationship with God. And it was subtle and deadly. When I realized the lie that I had believed, I rejected it. And my heart was flooded by the Holy Spirit with peace. Hmm. 
Jesus is just as eager to meet with me, to spend time with me today, as he was to greet the thief in paradise. I was released. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me to proclaim release from darkness for prisoners. So I want to read this proclamation to you again. And we're going to focus now on those words of renewal and restoration. So again, as you hear these words, do any of them correspond with where your heart was pinched as we read through the first time? Do anything open up to you for what you might be experiencing? Listen to what the Holy Spirit might speak to you. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn, provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of spirit of de despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. So let's look at the crowns that God is preparing for those that are mentioned here. For the poor, it's justice. Jesus offers the year of favor because his, his vengeance has dealt with all injustice. The brokenhearted, healing, and I love that. He will bind the brokenhearted. You can just see the wrap around the heart, pulling it back together. Freedom for those things which hold us captive. Release from darkness of lies and deceit. Comfort, even joy in grief. And finally, Praise for those who are in despair. That's an ability to see the good that life can bring so clearly that it causes them to rejoice and not despair. Savor these crowns of beauty for just a moment. The justice. The healing. The freedom the release, the comfort, and the praise. Hear Jesus' awareness of your need and receive the crown of beauty he has for you. Now this release doesn't always come immediately and it's easy to lose hold of it, but this is the touchstone. As we feel the ashes piling up, we can turn again to Jesus and feel his beautiful crown settle back on our heads. Today, we leave with ashes so we can look forward to the crown of beauty at the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Let's pray. Speak to us, Lord, as you do. Open our hearts to receive that crown, to acknowledge our brokenness and come in humility to you with ashes on our face and hope in our hearts. 
that you will heal, renew, restore. In Jesus' name.